good to be back up in here. Come on, got a good crowd today. Excited all of you are here with us. We got some good spacing going on. All right, man. I think, I think every day comes with its, its own like awkwardness, right? Awkward stories, awkward news stories, awkward things to like walk through. And, and in church, um, I'm excited to, uh, to, to still have the opportunity and the freedom to meet together and worship God, uh, whether it be online or in person. And uh, I'm glad all of you are safe. And uh, we want to keep it that way, right? We want to keep it that way. So, um, but I want to encourage you guys, you know, uh, at the end of the day, just to remember that God's in control. He's in control, y'all. All right? So, uh, so, 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 you know, every day, like I said, there's something, there's something coming down the pipe, right? And uh, I want you to just always have that filter in front of you that says, no matter what's coming, it is passed through the hands of God. And he's good and he's sovereign and so we can trust him. But, uh, but today, August, August 2nd, it's August 2nd, man, this is, the other day I said something about uh, uh, March or, or February, and I was like, it feels like it was two years ago, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's only been like six months. But, uh, but in August, we are, we're kind of starting a new chapter, a new semester of the year here at the church, and um, today is kind of a standalone message about small groups, but next week we will be starting a new series called Rhythms, and I'll have a little bit more to say about that later. But, um, but we're also launching into our fall semester of small groups, and so that's why we wanted to take a Sunday and really talk about small groups, talk about what's, um, why we do small groups, you know, and the importance of it. And so I hope that the, the heart of what we do here at Northwood Church is, is kind of uh, communicated clearly today. I see a lot of new faces, a lot of people that, that I'm not really sure who you are, how long you've been coming. And so today for some of you, this might be the first time that you've, you've actually heard about small groups and, and why we do them and uh, the importance of them. So, uh, so it's going to be good today, small group Sunday. And uh, we're also going to have a special video Kind of, actually, some of you in the room today, you're going to be in this video, all right? Famous, as Ariana always says. Famous. Small groups. The mission of Northwood Church overall, and you might have saw it as you, as you came in today, the mission of, of, of Northwood Church is to help people know God. All right, we, we've said that so many times, help people know God. It's our heart, it's our, our desire. And in one sense, that statement is a little bit broad, all right, it's, it's, it's super broad because it's a broad situation. It's a broad goal. It's a broad mission because all of us, we need to know God in, in certain ways. For some people, they need to know God as a loving God. For some people, they need to know that God exists. All right, one of the reasons that we talked about does God exist earlier, earlier this year. Uh, you know, a loving God, a, a God that's a loving father. There's so many different ways that people need to know God. Some people need to grow in their, their knowledge of who God is, their theology of who God is. And so, so there's many, you know, uh, uh, facets of helping people know God. But everything we do as a church is, uh, is downstream of this mission. And so as a church, we don't do a lot of things. All right, we're not gonna have a program for every single type of person. We're not gonna have like a, a, we don't do a lot of events, okay? Now, especially right now, we don't do any events, okay? (laughs) But but we don't do a lot of things. And for some people, it's like, why don't we do this? Why don't we, you know, we should have more things going on. And uh, one of the reasons is this, is that if we can't justify what we're doing is actually helping someone know God and moving in that direction, We don't want to just fill our lives with a bunch of filler, okay? 
and just have a lot of stuff going on for the sake of having a lot of stuff going on. We want to have things that are, are, are designated and deliberate to accomplish the mission that we have. And so, so small groups is one of those ways that we do this. Now, in Ephesians 4.11, it talks about equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry. And that's also a big facet of helping people know God is equipping the saints, all of us, to do the work of ministry. A lot of people have kind of segmented uh, doing the work of the ministry to people who have certain titles or who get paid to do that, right? And, and it's like, well, the pastor does all of those things and, and typically he does, does those things for me, okay? Like, like as a saint in the church, he sort of serves me and, and then, you know, he goes and does the work of the ministry and I'm just kind of like a, a bystander. But if you read the word of God, that is not the way that the Bible uh, depicts what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a saint. It's one that is equipped to do the work of the ministry. And so um, we receive ministry as Christians and as members of a church or, or the saints, we receive ministry, but we also give ministry at the same time. Colossians 1.28 says, he is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. The goal is that all saints, all Christians are maturing in their faith, not just a select few. It's not just for one or two people. It's not just for someone who has a title. It's for all of us to be growing in our relationship with Jesus. And so in our statement, as uh, to help people know God, a very, very important word is people. Because without people, there ain't no church, okay? Like, this would be a really awkward time if I was the only one here and nobody's watching online because there was a time whenever I was basically one of the only people here. We had like eight people in the whole room and I was preaching to a camera. Nobody laughed at my jokes, so it was awkward. But, um, but without people, there is no church. The church is a group of people, okay? It's not a building, now, we refer to the building as the church, but it's the church building. It's not the church. This place is really boring Monday through Saturday. There's not a lot going on, right? Just like your house is really boring right now if you're not there. There's nothing going on. People are what make it alive, make it come alive. The church is no different. The church is a people. So the church is made up of people. And, and the thing about that is that people make up the culture of a church. So this church... Northwood Church has a culture, a feel, and it's made up of the, the, the people, the, the values that we have, the systems that we have, the, the style that we have, the theology, the philosophy, all of these things come together to formulate a culture, a feel. Sometimes we talk about it sort of like a restaurant um, in regards to the feel. You walk into a restaurant, there's a smell, there's a, there's a, a certain type of food, okay? There's, there's the hostess that greets you, or ignores you, okay? <laughs> and immediately you're feeling the culture of that, that restaurant. Every family has, a, has a, a certain type of culture. Maybe you're a strict family. There's certain rules and regulations. And you know, I, went, I, I always tell the story because it was hilarious. I was like eight or nine years old and um, uh, our family, we're Cajuns, all right? South Louisiana. So like, you know, everybody talks loud and everybody puts their, their elbows on the table whenever you eat. And typically you're eating something with your hands. And so all those things are good. However, I went to a friend's house. His dad was uh, high up in the Air Force. And so they had a, and they were from the North too. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> double whammy there. And, um, and it was a very tight, strict environment. So we sit down for lunch. First off, you had to have, have socks on in the house, at least socks. Like you could not walk around barefoot. I'm like... You only put socks on if your feet are cold, you know? But you had to wear socks, so we sit down to eat. And imagine that, an eight-year-old comes to your house and you correct them. No, 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 we leave our socks on. I'm like, anyway. So we sit down and we start eating and I just like reached over to grab a roll. And it was like, no, 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 no. You, you say, may, may uh, what was it? I th see, I don't even know. Was it like, please pass the rolls? That's what it was. Please, and I'm like please pass the rolls, like just, they're just right there. You know what I'm saying? Like I could, I could reach it, you know? But there was like all these rules. There was a culture. Now it worked for them. It just was completely different than my culture, right? And so sometimes, you know, you walk into somebody's house and you feel that. The same thing happens in a church. 
people walk in, you feel it, and it's like, uh, I don't really know. This is kind of weird. Some of you right now, you might be feeling like this is kind of weird. You know, the guy that's up on the stage doesn't have a suit on. This is, this is out of bounds. You know what I'm saying? We need to change. The, it, there's culture. There's style. There's methodology. There's all these different things that come together. But one of the, the most important components are the people. Did you know that you make up the culture of Northwood Church? The, the way that you live your life the way that you act, the, the attitudes, the, the way that you deal with conflict, the way that you forgive one another, all of those things make up a feel. It's very, very important. Culture is one of the most important aspects of a church, one of the most important. Because if somebody comes into a church and they don't feel comfortable, they, don't, they, they feel like it's a judgy type of place or they feel like something negative about it, you know, if a restaurant smells bad and the people are mean, I don't typically go back. You feel me? You know what I'm talking about? It's, it's very similar because we're people. We're people. So our culture is important. One thing I love when people talk about our culture as a church is that we're a real and authentic culture. Now, not everybody says that, but a lot of people do. Like, I just feel like it's a real place, real people. There's not a lot of masks on. <laughs> I couldn't even finish the joke because I looked at somebody with a mask on. It's like, but you know what I mean? Like, there's no, there's not like I'm acting one way when I'm here and I'm acting like somebody completely different when I'm not, not at church, right? Hypocritical. We have to maintain that, y'all. We have to maintain that real and authentic culture. Now, what I want to say is this, that Christians aren't perfect people, but we are being perfected. All right, all right. So, so if you're watching online or if you're, you're new to the church thing or maybe you're kind of putting your toes back in a little bit and you're expecting Christians to be perfect people, you, you've got the gospel, the good news all messed up because being a Christian doesn't mean that you're perfect, but it does mean that you're being perfected in Christ. You're in the process of sanctification as the Bible talks about, that we are being made more like Christ. And so we're all on a journey, but we ain't there yet, y'all, <laughs> okay? And so things happen. It's why culture is so important that we remain united through these things. And so one thing I want to say about small groups is this, that we aren't a church with small groups. It's not a program that we do on the side. We are a church of small groups. We're a church of small groups. And it's important to, to word it that way because if not, small groups can become something that's just in addition to, like maybe I'll get around to it. That's kind of one of those peripheral things, but Sunday is the main thing. I love Sunday mornings. I love this time together. Look forward to it, prepare for it, pray for it, all those great things. But I know that this only does so much. It only does so much. If there's not something other than just this type of gathering in someone's life, it's a very thin belonging to a body. It's, it's very thin. And it's easily uh, uh, removed from somebody's life. It, it's, it becomes optional. And we're going to learn that in the Bible, that's really not an option. See, we're wired for community. We're wired for relationships. And uh, we need relationships and community. Genesis 2.18 says, uh, God says, it is not good for man to be alone. Now, in regards to this, he's talking about a man and a woman. And, and many times we talk about it being about marriage, of course. However, I think it, it's bigger than that. It's not good for us to be alone. It's not good for us to be isolated. And in our culture, let's be real, it seems that that's becoming more of the norm to be isolated. And, and, and it's just about me and my individuality. And there's some context around that that's good, but, but it's not always that, that good. And so we've got to have a balance, especially in the church. Now, community at Northwood Church, relationships and community, one of the main ways that it is expressed in this church is through small groups. Every church has a different way of expressing community. Some churches, depending on the size of the church, maybe the church is, is in a, a smaller church and that's not a negative thing, but they're a smaller church. And so it's, it's one big kind of like medium-sized group. Everybody knows each other and it's easy to, to kind of connect the dots and all that kind of stuff. And then as churches get larger, you know, it, it actually becomes a fight to stay small. Back in the day, it was like, man, we're going to grow. We want to grow. We want to expand. Come on, God, do great things. We want the kingdom of God to grow and people to get saved. And as the church began to expand, the, the fight, instead of like, let's grow, it's, it's like, 
let's, let's grow, but let's also fight to stay small at the same time. So your strategy has to change. I mean, come on, what happens as your kids grow older, your strategy of how you connect with them changes. I have a two-year-old and an eight-year-old. I, I interact with them differently because they're at different places because they're, they're growing, right? They're, they're in a different growth phase. And so as a church, we have to do the same thing. How do we continue to have good, strong community? Small groups is one of the main ways that we do that. Relationships and community have been pillars of the church since its inception. It's nothing new, all right? If we go back to Acts 2, it says this in verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now, the church has just begun, all right? Acts chapter 2. Go back and read Acts chapter 2 in your own time. But, but they, the people who have, uh, are, are saints, they are, they're following Jesus. They, be, they believe in, in Jesus. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together, and I love this phrase, had everything in common. Everything in common. Oh, how it would be awesome to be in a community of believers where we all had everything in common. Not uniformity, okay? Not like having to, but like just just in the spirit in our belief that we would just draw closer together and have everything in common. Check this out. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Sounds like a utopian state of the church, right? Doesn't it sound like perfect? It's like you, could, you just, everybody's just at each other's houses and they're laughing and they're saying jokes. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like this perfect scenario of what church should, should be like. And, and yes, things change and things morph, but I think there's some components here that we've got to maintain. We've got to maintain some things. Furthermore, we are the light of the world and people see that light at its brightest when we are loving one another. Francis Schaeffer said this, our relationship with each other is the criterion the world uses to judge whether our message is truthful. Christian community is the final apologetic. (laughs) Jesus even said it. He said, they're gonna know that you're my disciples by the way that you love one another. Like that's gonna prove it. Which I think is why it's such a huge indictment on the church, when the church divides over things that have nothing to, that really don't matter at the end of the day. When the church divides, I'm talking actually divides over politics, I think it's a sad day. Got like seven amens. (laughs) Because we're, we're supposed to be of a different kingdom. We're supposed to be of something that, that actually has higher value. And so for us to come down to the level of immaturity in the world and to do what the world is doing and not elevate the words of Jesus, the words of the scripture above those things, it's an indictment. It's an indictment. And it also shows that we don't understand unity. We don't understand the power in it, the necessity of it. And we would rather divide and break up relationships with one another rather than walk hand in hand. It's an indictment. The next thing is that we need to understand that we need one another. And again, I'm just setting up the heart about small groups. Because if we don't have the heart of it, then it's just a thing that you have to do, right? We need one another. Now, this phrase, one another, is, is a phrase that's used in the Bible many, many, many times one another. And it's always talking about believers and us coming together and, and, and how we're supposed to, supposed to treat one another. And right now in the church, it's actually very difficult for us to think together. Like this is a great crowd of people. There, there's people at all of our locations today and we're worshiping together. But outside of that, it's kind of difficult to get together. We have a complicated relationship. We're being told that we have to socially distance. And, and sometimes it's like, man, we, we have technology and that does a certain extent, but there ain't nothing that, it, that, that is 
I guess, can replace us sitting together in the same room together. Like I could talk on the phone with my wife every day, but it's different than sitting together and actually looking at each other in the face and communicating. It's something that God put deep into our DNA. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's, it's core in our brain. So Zoom calls to a certain extent, right? But, but getting together, there's something special about it. And right now that's being uh, uh, not removed, but, but there's so many stipulations around it. And so we can kind of begin to get coaxed into this thinking that we really, it's good to be distance. And this culture of distance begins to seep in to the church. And I, I wanna speak to the church about the churches kind of coming together and the mentality of us coming together. Back in May, Barna did some research on this, and this is some of the stats that came out of this study. Now, this is back in May, so we could apply it to August, and I would assume that it's actually probably gotten a little bit more negative, possibly. We'll see. We'll see. We need another Barna research st- statistical study to come out, right? But this is what they say. 35% of practicing Christians are still and only attending their pre-COVID church. 35%. All right, 14% have switched churches from their pre-COVID church. 14% of people have, have made a change. And that doesn't necessarily mean something negative, all right? But, but these are just the stats. 32% have stopped attending church during COVID. 32% of people that have previously attended church pretty regularly in this season have stopped now, the idea is, for a lot of people is, during this season, I'm going to stop, but whenever it gets back to normal, I'll kick back into gear. <laughs> it just typically doesn't happen, right? Come on. Usually, whenever I stop going to the gym for two weeks, I stop going to the gym, which was like three years ago. So <laughs> 18% are viewing multiple churches throughout the month. And, and, and that could be good. However, what has happened for a lot of people, and some of it's necessity, because uh, maybe some churches aren't online. I, I get that. But for some people, it's like they look at their, their, their church as a place to just go and kind of consume, but they don't realize that they're a part of a community. And so whenever you can't come together for a season and someone feels like they can split away and, and not stay uh, connected to what's going on in the body, maybe their pastor, what their pastor's teaching, it shows that it's more of like a consumeristic type of approach to even receiving teaching. It's like, well, man, I could go and I could listen to so-and-so. I could listen to so-and-so. And guess what? I listen to a ton of people. I watch hours and hours of, 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 you know, not necessarily preaching, but a lot of teaching and I research a lot. So I understand, I understand intaking information, but there is something different about, about the, the community that you're attached to and what God is doing in that community, in that church. There's something different about it. And so you can't replace, if you're a member of Northwood Church, you, you, you can't replace, if this is what the teaching from, from this pulpit and from all three locations is happening, you can't replace that with somebody else and think that you're going to track along with what's going on at Northwood Church. It doesn't happen like that. God is, God is doing certain things in our hearts, in this community. And, and if you're a part of this community, then that's the diet that you want to primarily receive from. Not that you can't receive from other people. Come on, y'all. You know, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying both and. Cool. All right. The reason I say that is because, you know, whenever we teach, and I, and I shared this a couple of weeks ago, we're sharing our heart. We're sharing what we feel is God is putting in front of us to do. And if someone's not listening to that, but yet they're a part of this community, they're missing. They're, they're, they're just missing it. And I'm just going to pick back up in uh, 21. <laughs> Nah, man, let's not do that. Let's stay, let's stay in touch. But this, this thought of one another, I want to rapid fire some of the one another's in the Bible. That's what it says. And I just referred to this one in John 13, but, but we are to love one another, be devoted to one another, honor one another above yourselves. 
Live in harmony with one another. Build up one another. Be like-minded towards one another. Accept one another. Admonish one another. Greet, care, serve, bear one another's burdens. Forgive one another. Forgive one another. Forgive one another. All right. Be patient with one another. Speak the truth and love to one another. Be kind and compassionate. Submit to one another. Now, that's a good one. Submit to one another. Consider others better than yourselves. We're not good at that in America. Consider other people better than you. They're better than you. You don't like to feel that, do you? Like, look at that person that doesn't make more money than you, that, that doesn't seem as successful as you, and say, they're better than I am. Just, just submit yourself to that, right? Break down that pride. Look to the interests of others. Bear with one another. Teach one another. Comfort one another. Encourage, exhort one another. Show hospitality to one another. Pray for one another. By the way, this Wednesday night, we're going to be praying together. I want to encourage you to be here. If you can't be here, turn it online, right? But let's pray together. It's so important. Confess your faults to one another. That's something here at Northwood Church that we talk quite a bit about pretty regularly. Man, to have a community of people where we could sit together and confess our faults to one another to be healed and not fear being judged. I think it's awesome. I think it's great. Quick story, last year, there was a group of guys that I was meeting with for about nine months. We went through two different uh, small group semesters and we met together. And uh, the first half of the year that we met together, it was good. There was much encouragement and teaching and leadership development, all that good stuff. The second half of the year though, we actually began to really do what we're talking about. And there was confession of sin, of faults, of, of mindsets. And then after the confession took place multiple times, we prayed for one another. And you know what? A year later, there has been massive amounts of healing. The word of God is true and works. I'm telling you. Confess your faults to one another. Speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Stir up one another to love and good works. Employ the gifts that God has given us for the benefit of one another. Clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. Now, I have a question for you. How can we do these things if we aren't in relationship with one another? How can we be the church do all of these things that the scripture has commanded us to do. How can we be these things if we're not with the church? How can you be the church if you're not with the church? And I'm, what I mean by church is the called out ones, the believers. That's the church, the ecclesia. How can you, how can you be the church and not be with the church? You, you can't. That's the simple question. You can't. We need each other. Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. We stir one another up. When I hang out with people who are Christians, they stir me to love and good works, and hopefully I do the same for them. Where we stir one another up, there's sparks that fly sometimes, right? But that's good. We're stirring one another up to good works. Not neglecting not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Encourage one another. Now there's some dangers of not meeting together. There's some dangers of, of not having what we're talking about. And these are a couple of them. Isolation, loneliness and disconnection, an unhealthy reliance on self, Okay. Like, even if, there's, even if you're, you're distancing yourself from believers, did you know that you can actually convince yourself that that's actually a good place to be because you're self-reliant? I'm so strong in my faith that I don't need anybody else. And, and that sounds really good. Like, I should be able to stand on my own two feet in my faith without anybody else helping me, and like, that's how I'm gonna live my life. The problem is, is that you just don't see that in the Bible. There's so many things that sound so good until you actually start trying to find it in the scripture. <laughs> and then it's not there. You know, like that was kind of a joke, but we, we do that. Like we start living our life, we start making decisions and then we refer back to the Bible to see if, it's, if, it, if we can make it fit. 
but like the church wasn't meant to be this isolated thing. Like I am the church. I don't have to be a part of the church. And, and this thinking, by the way, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be tapping into some of this in, uh, uh, November. We're going to be talking about the church, what we believe about the church. And, and a lot of the problems that people are experiencing, a lot of the mindsets that you hear people talk about or that you struggle with in regards to what the church is supposed to be exactly, it, it's actually, uh, it's really how you view the church, your ecclesiology, your, what you believe about the church. And there's a lot of different mindsets out there, a lot of different models, a lot of different structures, and, and it's all based on how you see the church and how it's supposed to operate. But overall, I think that one important component is that we've got to be together. We have to be aware of the facts that we need each other. It's biblical. Okay, so that's all the heart. So you guys are still awake, right? Because whenever we talk about all the heart stuff, it's like, you know, tell me about what I need to do. <laughs> That's how we live. I want to talk to you about different lanes of small groups here at Northwood Church. And we have three lanes. The first lane is that we do freedom groups. Freedom groups. Now, freedom, Miss Lola, every time, she's like, freedom! <laughs> she's like the William Wallace of Northwood. <laughs> freedom! <laughs> that, was, that was good. That was good. Um, but our freedom groups are, uh, it, it's, uh, it's a lane of small groups where I, I, the best way I know to, how to talk about it is this. When the children of Israel, Israel were, were in Egypt, they were in bondage for 400 years, God delivers them out of Egypt. They're, they're saved from Egypt and they're free, right? And after a few days of, of kind of hitting a wall, they ended up saying, we, man, why did we ever leave Egypt? We should go back to Egypt because at least we knew that we had you know, food and that we had a place to sleep. At least we knew that our immediate needs were met. Think about how crazy that is, right? That they would rather go back into slavery, into having to make bricks with no straw and all these crazy things, right? And build this stuff and, 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 and live under that oppression. They would rather go back to that than have to continue to move forward in their relationship with God where they could freely worship God. And, and he had already done all these great signs and wonders, right? They had already seen this crazy stuff. They had gotten out of Egypt, but they didn't get Egypt out of them. And so many people, they, they've gotten out of the world, okay? They've gotten saved. They believe in Jesus. They really do. But they haven't got the world out of them. And that could be through pain, Abuse, there's, there's so many reasons why somebody could be, be, uh, be being held back in their faith and, and moving forward. Freedom is a great small group where you're able to get into to a group with other people, walk through some curriculum together where there's just ton, there's a ton of scripture and uh, you could begin to pray with one another and, and be, begin, begin to be healed from those things to where you could take the parachute off your back and run in freedom. So that's what freedom groups is. The next thing is uh, we do sermon series groups where whatever's talked about on a Sunday morning, we, we flesh out in small groups. And so the way that we try to communicate it is this. Sunday morning, right now, this is a monologue. I'm just basically talking to you, right? Small groups is a dialogue. It's where you're able to have a conversation around what's going on and what we're teaching about on Sundays. And so sermon series groups uh, have been incredible. Uh, one thing I love as a pastor is knowing that I can, I can share, you know, something on Sunday, but it doesn't stop on Sunday, that it continues on in the week. And it's so important as, as people, we've got to learn how to, how to teach or, or receive teaching, but also we've got to learn how to go and teach and communicate these things. We got to, we got to communicate and, and, and talk these things out. So, so we do freedom, we do sermon series. Uh, I do want to let you know what our series are going to be for this year during small groups. In August, uh, starting next week, we're starting a new series called Rhythms. And we're going to be talking about sowing and maintaining and cultivating and reaping in our lives and what that looks like uh, and, and kind of rearranging our life, okay? We got, we got to arrange our life. Y'all agree with me? We're kind of all over the place in our lives, but we got to arrange our life. And so we're going to be speaking about that. And then I'm really excited in September, we're, we're going to be jumping back into our What Do You Believe series. And, and I'm, I'm really excited about what do you believe? We, we left off in March talking about what do you believe? And we were talking about Jesus. Now, this is my challenge to you. Over the next month, okay, you've got an entire month to do this. I want you to go to YouTube, go to Northwood Church's YouTube, and there's a playlist there called what do you believe? 
and there, I think it's six messages, maybe five or six messages. I want to encourage you to go watch those messages and catch up. So that way, whenever we, we, we start it back off in September, we're going to have a recap Sunday, but, but you will be caught up with all of those things, reminded, because all of those messages, they stack on one another. And so that way, whenever we hit back off in uh, September, everybody's going to be caught up. That sound good? Yes. Cool, cool, cool. And then the last group that we have, the last lane is Grief Share. Um, there's a whole lot of people who have walked through massive loss in their life, and, and you're grieving. It might have been something that happened 15 years ago, but, but you're still processing through these things. This is a group of people uh, led by Mr. Randy Robbins who they are working through grief. And it's such an important aspect of, of your life to continue to walk through and heal from loss. God does not want you to remain in, 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 in that place. He wants to see you continue to move forward at your own pace, in your own way. Absolutely. There's no timeline on grieving, okay? But God wants to restore and heal your heart. So why is it also important for me, for us to be in a small group? Number one, pastoral care. At Northwood Church, it's next to impossible to guarantee pastoral care for every person unless you are a part of a small group. It's where you are, are, you really begin to be known by other people. Our small groups are like small communities. They take care of one another. Our, our small group leaders are trained and communicated to do that. Hey, what, what's going on in so-and-so's life? Hey, who's around them? Teams are another really important aspect of that. Just this past week, we, we had somebody who, who uh, had a, a family member pass away and the team came around them. But there's connection in these groups, in these environments. Outside of those, guys, Sunday morning is just a big group of people. We come together and, and, and there's a lot of people that come and they're not actually connected. And that's great. Keep coming. I'm not saying don't come. I'm just saying, like, it's really hard to guarantee pastoral care and oversight and covering if you're not in, in one of these, these groups. And so also growth. It's an opportunity for you to grow in your relationship with God and with people but it's also an opportunity for you to help other people grow in their relationship with God and people. Some people are at a place where, man, I've kind of arrived, right? I've kind of arrived, I'm good. I've got, I've got all the, the checks, all the boxes are checked. But you need to begin to disciple other people. You need to begin to help other people grow in their relationship with God. Because at that point, Wherever you stop, that's where, that, that wherever you stop developing other people, that's where you stop. That's a lid in your life. We're taught that. We're taught to help uh, other people know God. So the last thing is this, pastoral care, growth, and also accountability. Hey, guys, we all need accountability in our life. You might not want it, but you need it. And accountability is not this weird negative thing in your life of like, you know, did you read your, did you read your Bible today? How many times did you sin this week? <laughs> so many people, come on. I'm speaking in extremes, but y'all know what I'm talking about. This is, this is the group where we sit around and talk about how bad we all are. <laughs> that might be an aspect of it, maybe one or two people that actually connect really well. But, but overall, accountability is a lot bigger than that. Me and my wife, we're accountable to one another. I'm accountable to my friends who I hang out with all the time. We're accountable. Like we, just by nature of being in a relationship together, there's, there's this support there's this, this tight-knitness that where, we, where we, we, we hold each other accountable just in our lives. And that's, these are all things that we, we all need in our life. And, and small groups create an opportunity for that, for that connection. So with all these things said, um, I wanted to actually show you a video here in a moment that it's from some of you here today. You might be watching online. And it's just people sharing what small groups mean to them and what, what it's done in their life. And then, and then Tom, uh, he's the assistant campus pastor here at Gulfport. He's also our small groups director and he's doing an incredible job. He is gonna be coming up and kind of wrapping up the message and, and, and giving you guys some next steps and uh, sharing his heart about small groups. And so, so, so with that, I uh, love you guys. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to kick off this new semester of small groups. I think it's going to be great. And I look forward to, to, you know, next semester, looking back to this coming semester and seeing what God has done in our church and in our community. So let's go ahead and watch this, this uh, video together. Small groups matter to me because it's a way to keep me connected. I didn't feel like a stranger in the church. It's a way for me to make 
good friends for life. And when you're in small group, you find out that you're not the only one that's going through hard times. I get to connect with people that are my age. There's something about that small core group of people that become your family. It gave me an opportunity for personal discovery. Small groups at Northwood give folks an opportunity to dig deeper into the weekly message. I get to live real life with real people, and it just helps me become a stronger, better Christian. I can share those struggles that I have in everyday life in a safe place. It's just community, just building a bond with a whole bunch of guys I never would have met if it wasn't for small groups. It's been a great way for our family to get connected to other families at Northwood and do life together. We were never meant to do this on our own. They enlighten me every time we get together. My favorite aspects of small groups are, one, the friendships. I get to make friends. I didn't feel like a visitor anymore. Getting together with new friends or old friends. Two, the testimonies. A lot of my questions. I've grown tremendously in my relationship with Jesus because of small groups. Three, just that you have the support of people that love and care about you. Yeah, let's give it up for those who uh, went out on a limb there and sent those videos in. I know there's a few of you in the room this morning. Thank you so much. Um, I just think, you know, people sending those in, I know there's a little bit of nerves, and I'm just super thankful for those who kind of stepped out and did that. But as Pastor Jordan said, my name is Tom, I'm assistant campus pastor here at the Gulfport campus. And, you know, small groups for me, um, and this is kind of the direction I'm going, because Pastor Jordan just covered everything about the heart of small groups so well, and I really don't have anything to add to that. But I want to share with you what small groups have done in my life. Um, you know, a lot of, there, there's been several people who, when I've gotten to know them over the past couple years because, you know, I've only been on staff here at the, at the church for a little over two years. And so people that I've met in those two years that I didn't know beforehand, um, it, it's this little bit of a, a, a common theme that people seem to think that, that um, just from knowing me in that time, that I'm this super confident, like super outgoing guy and everything. And just so you know, that is not me, okay? I've had to learn how to do that. Um, if you would have known me 10, 15 years ago, you'd be like, Tom's standing in, front, in a stage in front of people actually talking, actually doing this kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, the past, oh, man, really the past decade of my life, and you can ask my wife, too. She's like, she's nodding her head right now, like, yeah, you've grown a lot. Um, you know, I, I have to give so much credit to the relationships that I've built in the local church. I mean, I can stand here and say all day how faithful God has been to me. I can stand here all day and talk about the favor that he's, the unmerited favor that he's shown in my life. Um, but, you know, there, there's a phrase that, that we've said it here at the church, and maybe you've, you've heard it as well, um, but it's, it's you're, the, you're the average of the five people that you're closest to. And it just talks to this, this whole idea that those people that you're around, those people that you're investing your life with, not just coworkers who you just kind of know, they're just acquaintances. I'm talking about the people you actually do life with. We all have them. It may not be five, it may be two, it may be 10 for some of us, okay? But you know that, that the people that you associate with the most, you're going to end up being like that. And, you know, I had to make a decision quite a while ago that, you know, the, the, the crowd of people that I was letting influence my life was setting me on a trajectory that just wasn't, it wasn't what I needed it to be. It wasn't what I wanted it to be. It was like there was, there was, a, there was a period of time really in my early 20s to mid-20s, where it was like, I, I kind of felt like this dual personality thing going on. You know, I grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor. Um, I was at church every time the doors were open. That was my life. And I get, get to be an adult and stuff, start making my own decisions, and all of a sudden I got this church Tom going on, and then I got this at work Tom going on, and, you know, God really started to speak to me a lot in that season and saying, you need to get your act right. You need to start doing things a little bit differently, and I credit so much of my growth over the past decade to intentionally, and that's a huge word, because 
this isn't going to just miraculously happen just because you uh, say, um, I, I got some Christian friends. I intentionally invested my life into relationships with other men that I wanted to emulate, basically. I saw, I saw other men that, that it's like, they're, they're doing something right that I'm not doing. Um, they're living their life in a way that I want to be like that, or I want to at least do something that they're doing so I can grow. And you seek those things out. Um, so small groups, you know, we've been at several different churches. I was in the military before, so we've been to several different churches over the past decade, but the one consistent thing that me and my wife, Jessica, have done is been in small groups. We don't miss it, and now we're leading small groups, and, you know, if there's anything I can encourage you, if you are not in a small group, if you've never been in one, here's, here's something that I've, that I've heard a lot of people that have never been in a small group. And you kind of heard Pastor Jordan say this a little bit, that, that you, you kind of like, what is it all about? What is, is it this weird thing where everyone gets around, it's like a kumbaya circle, or everyone gets around and starts talking about how bad they are? No, we have a blast. Like at my small group, we always have food. We have lots of it. And the people who are in my small group, they know. I'm looking at a couple right now. I'm casting a glance. They always bring awesome food. We, ha- we, ha- we laugh, we have fun, but we also talk about the message that was just talked about the previous week. I, we lead a sermon series small group. And just in leading that, I mean, we're, we're not even at the membership level of, of being in the group, but it's like every single week, it's like it, something changes in us. And, and it's not that we necessarily always learn something new, but it's being with people who are like-minded, okay? Being with like-minded people, people that are tracking the same that you want to be tracking in your life, it does so much. So here's what we're gonna be doing. As soon as I dismiss here, and I got a few more announcements, so don't start packing up quite yet. But as soon as we dismiss here, we're actually going to be having a little bit of a, a small group sign-up party right back here in the north lobby. Okay, the old NC Cafe counters. We're gonna we got some donuts back there. Whether you're whether you're in a group already or not, please go back there and get a donut. We're gonna have some people passing them out, so you don't have to worry about all kinds of hands going inside the donut boxes. All right, we're not going to do that to you. But go back there and get a donut. But also, if you just are not in a small group yet and you got any questions at all. Uh, we got all the, the groups laid out there. Um, the sermon series groups are organized by day. Okay, so you'll see those in one area. Freedom groups, those are, the registration process is a little bit different. So we got some tables that are just for freedom groups. Here's what I want to say about freedom groups. If you've never been in one, that's the group for you this semester. If you can be here at the Gulfport campus on Sunday evenings, okay, for the next few months, that's the group that you should get into. I'm telling you, Freedom Group, it, when, I, when we first moved here and started attending Northwood Church, that was where me and Jessica started. And, and you know, I had this mentality that you know, Freedom Group, well, it sounds like it's a group for, like, um, someone who struggles with addictions or, like, someone who just has a specific thing going on in their life. I'll tell you this, that's a lie. It is for everyone, okay? So if you've never been to one, get into a Freedom Group. That's your next step. Um, if you can't make it on Sundays or if you've already been to Freedom then get into the sermon series group, okay? We got lots of space available. You'll see that all back there. So that's where I want to see most everyone going is back there, get your donut, get into a small group, and it's going to be a a fun time back there. Um, But like I said, I do have a few announcements before we get ready to go. Um, One thing I do want to say is uh, if if you are new this morning, not only do I want you to get into a small group and get connected that way, but I also want to personally uh, connect with you. So if you could do me a favor and go to northwood.church slash next steps. There's a little form on there. It'll only take you a couple minutes to fill out. That comes directly to me, and I'm going to reach out to you in the, in the way that you ask me to, whether it's email, text, phone call, and I want to connect with you this week. Maybe answer some questions you have about the church. So uh, make sure that uh, you make yourself available to that. Also, for all of us who call Northwood Church our home, um, we have two ways to give. Make sure you continue to be faithful in that as we push uh, the kingdom of God forward, and, and one of the main ways we do that is, th- is through giving. It takes money to fuel the kingdom of God. That's, that's just the way it is. Um, but a couple other things that are going on over this next week. On Wednesday, Wednesday evening, we have our prayer and worship service. We do it the first Wednesday of every month. It's always an amazing time, so make it out here this Wednesday. If you can't make it here to the room, it's also going to be streamed online. It's going to be a great time. You don't want to miss it. If you've never been to one, 
I promise you, you'll, if you come to this one, you'll never want to miss one again. They're a gr- it's a, always a great, great time. Next Sunday, our student um, impact ministry, 7th through 12th grade, we're having our impact night that's kicking off the fall semester. So if you are impact age, stay tuned for more details on social media throughout the week. It's going to be awesome. They're always so much fun. I have an impact student now, my oldest son, and he lives for these things. I mean, he always gets super, super excited about them. So make sure you make it out to that. And I know there's one more thing. I'm trying to read the back wall, but it's, yes, Next Steps class. <laughs> Next Steps class online, okay? If, so for those of you who are newer to Northwood and you want to get connected to the church, we normally have a Next Steps class once a month. It's kind of like a membership class, depending on what church you've come from. That's, you know, the churches call it that. But we're doing it online for, only for this season. So it's at the link that's behind me on the screen. And you can uh, get, uh, watch that whenever you want to, all right? There's three modules, super easy, on your own time. Just get through that, and, and we'll connect you in that way. So um, everyone go ahead and stand up. What I want to do is, before we release you back to our small group sign-up party, um, I just want to pray right now. Just pray over small groups. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a big deal. And, you know, we talked a lot this morning about it, uh, but, but where the rubber meets the road is where people are sitting in people's living rooms or sitting here in a group of people here at the campus or sitting in a grief share group. And there's people that receive real ministry and grow and, and, and even people who are getting saved and coming to know Jesus for their first time in small groups. So I want all of us just to uh, join together in prayer and unity around this and, and just pray a blessing over this upcoming small group semester. Sound good? All right. Lord, we love you and we, we just thank you so much for this body of believers. We thank you so much, God, for, for the ability to meet together, to live in a country where we can meet together uh, without barriers. God, and I just want to speak a blessing. And I, God, I want to speak a, a life and, 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 and just, a, 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 God, we need you. Just speak it in the name of Jesus over this small group semester. God, we know that there's gonna be lives that are touched. There's gonna be baggage that is that is be able to be stripped off and cast off and people will be able to run uh, just free in, in freedom. Uh, there's gonna be people that, that receive healing from things in their past. There's gonna be people who have new revelations about who you are and what you're doing in their life. Uh, God, we just pray blessing over this small group semester. In Jesus' name, amen. And I got one more thing. As I was praying, I just remembered. If you are planning on being part of the Ocean Springs campus, or as I just said that, you're like, wait, Ocean Springs campus because you've never heard about it and you live out that way, we are launching a new location out in Ocean Springs, beginning of 2021. They do have small groups as well. Okay, we don't have sheets here for them, but you can sign up for Ocean Springs small groups online if that uh, if, if that's something that will uh, better suit you. So um, that's all I got for you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you back there with the donuts.